to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theatre in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. She's original, kosher, and a national title holder. It's NYC's favorite meat, Amanda Pork. Hello, darling. Hello. How are you? I mean, I'm good. How are you, miss? I'm good. I'm recovering from the weekend. I lost my voice, so bear with me through as we go through this uh, podcast today. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot to talk about because since I've seen you, a lot's changed. A little bit. You're, you're the envy of a lot of drag queens in New York City, aren't you? Um, I wouldn't say that, but... I'll just, just wait until some, some people are like, oh, let's book Amanda Pork because she has a title. Yeah, we've, we've gotten some of those already. There so. you go. Well, I have to tell you, this is not the first time I'm wearing my guest merch on the show. This is the second time. Uh, the first time was Devin Green, so you should feel in good company that you're number two behind Devin Green. <laughs> I do, I... Well, you know, I, I have a Devon Green mix. It's your favorite. Oh, so. I know. I love it. And you know, I remember Jimmy, when... Jimmy has the same exact mix. You gotta listen oh. to some... Shit, hers is, has a little bit more, but about half of it's the same thing. Wow, all right. Well, I mean, I remember back in the day when Amanda Pork was going to um, make a music video of that mix, but I times have changed. Oh, well. I'm well, changed. I'm excited to let the listeners learn all about you because i know a lot about you already but i'm gonna play dumb here i'm gonna pretend that i know nothing about you so we're gonna learn are you ready sounds good well we always start from the beginning and we have to ask where are you from i'm from zanesville ohio it's about an hour southeast of columbus ohio and columbus ohio is the home of nina west yes all of ohio Mm -hmm. is very much just the west territory so when people think yeah. Ohio drag, it's just like, oh, Nina West. So, mm-hmm. um, what were you like as a child in Zanesville? Um, I was I was very athletic. I played like every sport under the sun. Um, meanwhile, I was like taking dance classes, so I was like very often I was in my baseball uniform, like at the bar, like doing ballet. So, and you were a catcher, I'm assuming. Am I what? A catcher. A catcher. Uh, I did. I was a catcher and also a pitcher. Not yeah, much there you go. Now, growing up, what were other activities that you did? How did you get involved in theater eventually? So I got, like I said, I was a dancer first. So my aunt took dance classes all the way through my childhood. So I was always going to her dance recitals. And I was always like, mom, can I please do this next year? Can I please do this next year? She's Oh, the year after, oh, the year after. And finally, uh, we were able to get some lessons going. Um, And then through dance, my fourth grade math teacher was also the drama director. So she, and that's where she grew up dancing as well. So I just got put in as a munchkin in Wizard of Oz Mm -hmm. in the fifth grade. And it kind of took off from there. So 
Now, when you were taking dance and everything, were you like Billy Elliot? Were you like the only boy in class? There were three of us. There were only two of them and their names were Nick, both of them. So it was like Nick and Nick, like it was a big like joke. And how and like, many and of them Nick are Nick gay? And how many how many of them are gay now? Just me, I think. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Huh. So you do theater. Where do you go to school to study theater? I studied theater at Otterbein University, where I majored in Bachelor of Arts in Theater, and I focused in stage management and arts administration. Now there are some drag queens in New York City who've attended Otterbein. Yes, my Sisters, Pixie Aventura and Boots LaFerris both both went to Otterbein. But that Obviously was like, much older than you. Like a decade ago, but they started the drag show um, fundraiser that is currently there. That's how I started drag. So I really owe a lot of my beginnings in drag to them, whether they you know, know it or not, or whether they were like directly... So- Let's talk about this fundraiser. What got you involved? How did you decide, okay, maybe let's do some drag? So it's a, it's like an elected council almost. It's like a very secret society thing. And one of my friends, one of my close friends, Annie Schroeder, who also graduated now, she does a bunch of company management on Broadway. She was like in charge of it. And she was kind of the one who she initially was going to have me replace her as like the company manager and production manager. But then I was like, a few other people were like, no, I think you need to be a queen. And I hadn't really performed. They just knew I was really funny. Um, so I was like, why not? Like put my name in the ring and see how people vote. And I was like, their number one pick. So I was like, so- I, I I'll do it. Now, what was this experience like? Obviously, you caught the bug. Uh, I did catch the bug. It was a lot of fun. My first year, um, I would say I didn't really, like, settle into knowing that I was capable of doing this as a career until my senior year. Mm -hmm. I did a number based around, you know, like the... Um, the number where people like write all over them and like have a bunch of words. Yeah, on yeah. Them. I mm-hmm. did that my senior year. And I also did this like big uh, production number. And it wasn't until like, it was that moment before I went on to do the Scars to Your Beautiful, which is like the, the where we had like the words written all over us. Mm-hmm. Um, I was about to walk on. I was like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, I think. Um, so yeah, that manifested was like, it. Yeah, so a manifested. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it was like kind of a slow, it was just for fun. And then like kind of like the last minute at our last performance, my senior year, I was like, wait, no, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So so obviously studying theater, New York is the Mecca. That's the place you want to go. Did you consider any other locations before settling on New York? Not really. I did an internship in Provincetown um, right before my senior year of college. And I liked the drag scene there and I made some connections there. But I knew that if I wanted to end up there, I would have to get a start somewhere bigger like New York or Mm -hmm. Chicago or something like that. 
And so part of our internship requirements for our degree is that you have to do one semester in New York your senior year. Um, at, it, it's just, uh, that's something a lot of people go to my school for is that internship requirement that kind of pressure mm-hmm. that you have to go to New York as part of your degree. So it kind of wasn't really a question. I knew I would come here, but I, in terms of staying here, I still don't know. I do love New England a lot. I love Massachusetts, um, love the Boston area. So I don't know, but right now things are working out and I mean, I'm a New Yorker for, for, for now on. So we'll see. We'll see. What was the adjustment like coming to New York? Um, it wasn't that, it was just kind of weird saying that I lived here, not necessarily the living here itself. I was also very busy. I had like four jobs at the time. So it processing it never really got to happen. I don't think, um, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was times like I would be like walking through times square, like the middle of the night. And I would like look up and be like, this is crazy. But in terms of like generic like differences, I'd say the only thing that really felt weird was not being able to like be on my own schedule in terms of driving and mm-hmm. getting to places on time. The biggest thing much for me different was, like, when you got the MTA. Yeah, it's weird like not being in charge of my own departure and arrival times, but that was the main thing. So let let let's get into drag a little bit what is the origin story of your drag name and persona? How did you settle on Amanda Pork? So, um, actually Googled good. I was like, good drag names. And like Amanda screw came up and things like that. But I was like kind of toying back and forth. Um, I really, wanted to make sure it was good and it was something that I could keep for a long time. And I had a group of friends, the ones who, um, sorry, I have another cough drop in. Um, a group of friends, the same ones who told me that I should go in for like the drag council thing. And we would always say pork instead of the F word or mm-hmm. things like that. They're like, Oh, are you porking kidding me? stuff like that so it was kind of an homage to them uh when i settled on it because they meant a lot to me at the time and i wanted to include them in my little journey so how would you describe amanda in three words um energetic stupid and talented okay that checks out that checks out how long does it take to transform into Amanda nowadays? Um, I can do my makeup in about 40 minutes. Um, do you have any traditions when you get ready? Uh, I usually just like play music. It depends on the time of year. Like during the summer, I was playing a lot of Carly Rae Jepsen. During the fall, now I'm playing a lot of the 1975, lots of Taylor Swift, lots of The okay. Chick, Fleetwood Mac. Uh, it's just usually Mo- music. Moody music. Yeah, music mostly, but yeah, I just, the trick for me for getting ready is giving myself the least amount of time as possible so I can always make sure I'm improving and getting faster and 
mm-hmm. which is helpful when you're me and you like sleeping and then you wake up 30 minutes before brunch. So. There you go. Now, what are your favorite makeup products? Put it out to the universe. Let's get you a sponsorship from somebody. Favorite makeup products. Well, I'm a Krylon girl. Yep. I do love me some Krylon. And I use, honestly, most, most of my products are Krylon. I use, oh, I do like Trixie Cosmetics. I use a lot of uh, her glitters. Mm-hmm. They're really nice. Um, those are pretty much like the two staples right now in my, um, in my vanity. So you come to New York, you eventually start drag in New York. Can you yeah. tell us what your first drag performance was and what you performed? Um, so I did, I've only done like three shows for starting drag officially in the city. And I did drag wars a couple times in the spring but like I said I had four jobs it really wasn't kind of in the cards yet so I just tried to meet people and get as much experience as possible so I was trying drag wars at pieces bar and I did uh sex dreams by Lady Gaga okay interesting choice I know then you think about how my character has grown it's very interesting for me um <laughs> and I did it like um, I did a mix with, I think like an episode of, uh, where they're like talking about dreams, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was not great. I was super, you were not the winner of the week. I was not the winner. Um, but I, I did have fun. I did that a couple times, but I like to mark my beginning of New York drag. Um, when I started UDP that summer, because I feel like that was my actually had the time and the resources to like actually sit down and be like, all right, let's actually do it. Let's not just go do a random number and see what happens. Let's actually. Well, let, let's let's jump into that right now. You did compete in a quite possibly one of the most competitive seasons of Ultimate Drag Pageant. What was that experience like for you? I I really enjoyed meeting the other contestants and. Uh, getting to be siblings with them and of course getting to hang out with Marty every week and getting advice from them about how to elevate and be the best representation of ourselves we could be but I did have a lot of fun Uh, I won a little I lost a little it was a really good balance for me and it was it was humbling to see what kind of art I can put out there and what I can constantly be pushing for in terms of elevation and seeing all these different um, contestants who have done it a little bit more than me, see what they come up with and how I can integrate, not like copying, but how I can integrate those styles with my styles and see how, you know, basically just seeing what works and what doesn't was nice. Do you have any favorite memories from the competition? Uh, I would say, honestly, just like getting close with the other contestants, getting close with Cormac Kelly, Sequoia, uh, Paris Lahomey, uh, Chicky Gorgina. I had such a blast getting to know them, and uh, it was a lot. It was a ton of fun. But yes, it was a it was a very 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 good season of UDP. Probably the best, honestly, I might say. Now, if you can go back 
and redo any week of the competition, which one would it be? And Ooh. what would you do now? Uh, snatch game. So we did it at the Western Lounge, which is basically like a singing cabaret kind of spot most of the time. And so I, I'm, I sing, but at the time I, I wasn't in coaching for a while and I was just like, let's just do it. I'm going to do Idina Menzel. Okay. Well for snatch game, I was going to do Laguna Blue, but then it just didn't happen. <laughs> um, and then I was going to do, so I did Idina Menzel. Cause I was like, I need to showcase that I can sing. Cause if it's a sp- singing spot, that's what they're going to want to see. And it just, it didn't pan out. I really should have stuck to my guns. Um, and done something comedic like like now I do Annie Murphy and it's it's chef's kiss I do a really great Annie Murphy and I also do uh, a pretty good Natasha Leone as well so I should have mm-hmm. done one of those um, so that would probably be what I ch- would change but also at the same time I wouldn't change it because um, you know it's nice to learn from that mistake that's fair why are competitions like this important to making careers for drag artists starting out in New York City? Um, so from that, doing that competition, I got a spot doing um, guesting at Hardware with Marty, which got me some clout for a little bit. And then also it pushed me to follow my siblings into doing other pageants and competing with them again, which got me into Miss Rock Bar, which got me into doing brunches uh, monthly with Nicole and Oscar B at La Popperia. So you really never know who's going to be in the audience, who's going to be watching you, who's going to be in your corner. And then they come up to you after they're like, Hey, come do this thing with me. You're actually really talented. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's basically how you gotta, gotta do it. How would you say your drag has grown since you did that competition? Uh, thankfully I am a lot better at makeup. Uh, I'm a lot faster. I would take like three hours to look dreadful. And now I take like half an hour to like, look uh, like pitch perfect. So uh, I would say that has changed a lot. And also I've gotten a lot of like custom uh, creations made for my body. Uh, and I don't shop off the rack anymore. Unless, well, you know, it depends. Who are some of your favorite designers to collaborate with? So I, I love Aaron Michael. He's on the current season Star of, of yeah. Project Runway. Yeah. So team Aaron, you got this in the bag. Um, I do love getting stuff from him. And then I, I love uh, Nicholas Mendoza. He is, uh, he just moved here from Colombia the last year, I believe. He's done a lot of stuff for Frida Kulo. And he made my presentation for Miss America. He's lovely to work with. Uh, 1,000 times uh, would recommend him. And uh, Free the Drag Queen, I love. Who else? I like Eddie Couture. I have some of his stuff too. Yeah. When you put a look together, what comes first? Oh, um, it depends on the category so for like for example my halloween look that i always do my jizzsaw costume comes first and then hair well i guess makeup too um costume makeup come first and then hair and then jewelry and shoes unfortunately i always think jewelry and shoes uh 
always come to mind last for me and it's always like a last minute thought like I get the outfit in the shows like tomorrow and I'm like wait I don't know what I'm gonna wear at all <laughs> um so I need to get better about being detail oriented about that but usually uh the look comes first um but sometimes I have like I have this like Golgi hair wigs by Golgi it's mm-hmm. blonde it's gorgeous um so I wanted something like that and then when I have something you know so elegant something like that like a like a wig um that'll come first and I'll try to figure out a look that'll complement that so it just depends but usually it's the costume who are some of your inspirations in drag uh so my drag mothers the colonoscopy and vanadu are some major inspirations for me they both kind of um represent both sides of the spectrum of drag for me because you have like Nicole who's like pageantry perfection attention to detail and then you have Vanna who's like uh crass down and dirty um just like super over the top and just like stupid they're both Mm -hmm. stupid in their own ways but you understand what I'm saying there's like I think that I'm kind of like I pick and choose uh aspects from like both of them a little bit to fine tune who Amanda Pork is. So 2020 was a difficult year for everyone as live performances really couldn't thrive, but you ended up being nominated for a glam award last year with your show, the frocking dead when it was a digital glam awards. Mm -hmm. What was it like being nominated with such an honor? It was really cool. Um, I worked I really just wanted to make sure my friends could pay their rent. Um, so I wanted to one, give myself that experience. Cause I've produced before I produced, um, Yas Ann, an improv show at, uh, people's improv theater before they closed rest in peace. Um, so I did have some product, uh, producing experience in drag. So I thought I could translate that to the digital realm and, it was a success. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun editing it. My cast was super fun and super great. And yeah, I just, you know, I, I did it for my friends and I got a nominated for an award out of it. So very thankful. You popped your Bushwick cherry this year. What was that like for you? Uh, it was pretty chaotic. Um, I really wanted to do Bushwick cause I love that stage and I've always wanted to branch out in different communities of drag rather than just sticking to my Manhattan guns. And I applied and I got an email saying, um, thanks for being a part of the team. Uh, And then I wasn't like on the cast list. Um, And then they sent out a schedule and I was on the schedule and I wasn't on any of the promos or anything. I wasn't on the cast list or the promos or anything. So I was like, Oh, I didn't make it. And then they were like, here's the schedule. And I was like, what? I was like, I can't, I can't be there that day. Um, or that at that time, I need to go later. I wasn't even like told I was cast. Um, They're like, oh, that's our fault. But yes, you're cast. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so then they moved my time for me. And luckily I got to partake. Um, it was a really quick turnaround. I had brunch uh, with Frida Kulo right before. And our sets were both at 5.30. So we got there at 5.30. <laughs> and 
and like I ran into uh, Bushwig and I changed my shoes and ran on stage. It was a really quick turnaround, but it was a ton of fun. So what I'm, was I would, the audience response? What was that? Yeah. What was the audience? What was the audience response? Uh, they really enjoyed it. I think it was kind of a, I also went right after Jasmine Rice LaBeja, who she sang this like gorgeous opera. And then I just came on and did like a stupid mix about asthma. So it was like a really like interesting change in dynamic, but um, they really responded well. Uh, it was, it's also not really like, um, Bushwick's more like uh, artistic production and all that. And I kind of did like this solo um dance number so it, it didn't really fit in um but i would rather have like for the first time and also kind of getting in last minute i wanted to stick to something that wouldn't cause me any like stress something that represented me mm-hmm. so the audience they loved it for you know what it was i had a lot of fun i got some really great footage out of it so i'm happy that's with all that it. matters yeah well we've already discussed that you've done your fair share of competitions in new york city but you recently threw yourself into the national pageant game and not only won, but were named Miss Popular at Miss America. What is it like to be a title holder? Um, it's really crazy. Um, I was really nervous going into it. Uh, I just tried to breathe and distract myself and make sure everything was done on my end. And then I would like go and play video games or, uh, watch TV and really try to zone out so I didn't freak out and try to fix every little detail. But I got some good advice from Trenta, Adriana Trenta. Uh, she won in 2018. Uh, she has the 2019 title. Um, she was just telling me to keep my head down, stay focused, um, ignore the games, don't show anyone your package, just do what you came here to do and keep your head down. And so I was really going in following her advice and it paid off. So, um, but it feels really great. Um, a lot of the times in New York city competitions are based on how many people you bring and how they clap and scream your name and how many drinks they buy. Mostly that's usually what it is. Um, so it's nice to be, validated and like given something that I rightfully deserve so yeah how did you put your package together can you talk us through the process so I submitted pretty late in the game so I I think I submitted to be in the pageant I want to say like end of August Mm -hmm. um because they were taking a few last minute submissions and I got in and I was like, oh, wait, crap. <laughs> so I immediately went to talent first. And I wanted to do something that, like I said, that's really true to me and something I kind of have in my back pocket, something I'm really comfortable with. So I went with my work mix. And I was like, okay, so here's the baseline. There's something that I know I can do very well. How do I take that times 10? Um, So I tweaked the mix and I made it a dedication to essential workers because we had to take a, they took a year hiatus from the pageant because Mm -hmm. of the pandemic. So, 
in the community in Atlantic City, a lot of them who support us are in healthcare and things like that who come to the pageant every year. So I thought it was going to be a great tribute to them. And so that's kind of how I elevated that. That was my first step. And then the second step was looking at the categories. Um, and then the overall theme of the pageant was A Night at the Opera. And the theme of the presentation, which is really the only thing that is judged as on theme, was um, divas. So I went with mm-hmm. Madonna. I was like, what's going to be... So it also had to be a reveal into a bathing suit. And I said, okay, what diva has an iconic bathing suit or something that could read as a bathing suit? And I, my right. immediate thought was cone bra. And I was like, okay, so it needs a cover-up. And then I was like, looked up cone bra Madonna, doing my research. Um, and I was like, oh, she has that beautiful, like, Mary Antoinette kind of garment. I could do that as, like, a reveal it's just like cut down the back and I could do like that wig reveal. Um, and that was like, the presentation was something was what I was most worried about. Cause there were so many working pieces. I had three reveals total in like this mm-hmm. five second span of time. Um, but it, it turned out beautifully and I was, I was so excited with the package, but that's what I practiced with the most. Um, so coming up with that, I just like sat down with my designers uh, really I gave them a, I also wanted to use all fabrics I had. So I used all fabrics that I already had to try to um, mm-hmm. reduce the costs and also, um, you know, limit com- consumerism, I guess. Um, so I used fabrics, all that I had, which was, um, which I think it really turned out really beautifully. So I'm really excited about um, that package. Um, then what else? I have that, I have that. And then evening gown. I have a beautiful Flor- blue Florence Lee from uh, that I got off of Alexis Michelle, and I knew that if I ever competed in a pageant, that's what I would want to wear. So that was a no-brainer. Nice. Have you been able to process it yet? And what was the best part of the experience for you? Um, I I was processing it on the bus ride home because I was by myself. I had uh, my boyfriend Aliyah, who was a dancer and a dresser for me. And then I had four other dancers. And so I was with them a lot of the weekend. We were like, we got a couple drinks after I won. And then it was the next day after I had all my brunch responsibilities. I had to give a speech. I got like all my stuff out of the hotel. I got out of drag and I like sat on the bus. And I was like, I won. Ah!" (laughs) Um, So that was kind of the big moment that like it hit me because Right when I won, like, I just immediately got pulled to press conference, to press conference, to press conference, to, um, to do pictures, to go do this, do that. Um, and so it was just, like, a whirlwind of, like, 24 hours. And then I finally got a second to, like, sit down. I was like, whoa. Um, so it has hit me. It's very exciting. And I know a lot of um, other, like, really well established pageant queens in new york have have won this and took a few goes at it and i only took one just saying i'm just kidding (laughs) so what happens next what are your responsibilities as miss america 2022 yeah so i get to go do atlantic city pride next year as well as um i'll be representing them at new york city pride and i could probably go to i'll be at philadelphia pride 
And then mm -hmm. I'm going to see about doing a DC Pride as well. Um, basically, I'm just going to be... So, Safira Crystal was the reigning queen the last two years, and she really pushed for changing the eligibility requirements in terms of trans women, cis women, etc., regardless of gender or sexual um, or assigned sex at birth. She has been putting in a lot of that work, and I'm excited to continue that work and see what I can do to really make sure all of the letters of the LGBTQIA plus community are represented. And we also had this, like, uh, legacies event that Friday night before the pageant and we had a King show and it was really lovely to see um, Atlantic City has a thriving lesbian community so it was lovely to see all of them come together and put on a show like that so I really want to incorporate them more into um, the ongoings of Miss America and see see what happens there but a lot of that's not up to me I can just make suggestions but I'm gonna really try to to do what I can and continue the work and be a good representation of Atlantic City. That's great. Now, everyone wants to know, do you wear the crown to sleep? I do not wear the crown to sleep. I've thought about it. My boyfriend's been asleep and I put it on him and I take pictures. <laughs> well, are you ready to play our first game? Yes, let's do it. I'm excited. All right, we are playing Finish the Sentence. Okay. I'm gonna give you a sentence and you just have to finish it. Are you ready? Yeah. My favorite color is pink. My favorite season is salt. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a dentist. My celebrity crushes. Oh, I don't know. This isn't true, but my, the first one to come to my mind was Tom Holland. I don't know why, but that's I don't really I don't really. I love that. Tom Holland. So, but you said first thing comes to mind, so I guess it's Tom Holland. Mm -hmm. The celebrity I would cancel is Ooh. um Jenner. What's Caitlyn Jenner? The my biggest pet peeve is um a one trick pony. The person I can rely on is Michael Block. That's so sweet. The reality show I would win is uh RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> The NYC queen I want to kai kai with is. Oh no! Ah, uh, uh, you're gonna get in trouble. I don't know. I really don't know. I really don't. I because I, you know, I have a a no sister PP rule. Um, okay, well, if you're gonna bypass this one, you have to answer the last one. Um. Okay. So. Okay. Who I would kai kai with? Uh. Right now, I think I might say privilege. Okay. And the last one is my favorite mommy is <gasps> um, my biological one. Good answer. Good cover. Good cover. Well, you kind of alluded to it. And I think I would agree that it is, but what would you say your signature number is and how did it become your signature number? So I have a cup. I have a new one. I don't think you've seen it, but I do. Asthma is one of them. Um, right. I did that one for the first time, I think, when I did Marty's show at Hardware, and it was very well received. Um, I do have asthma. Um, so it's also something I can relate with the audience. I'll be like, who out here mm -hmm. has asthma? And I get, you know, sometimes it's, it's nobody, but they still love it. But um, 
I even have like a bedazzled inhaler and everything, but it's really upbeat. It's really fun. It's really stupid. Um, and that's who I am as a drag performer. So I think, um, you know, I, I kind of bring that mix wherever I go with me. If anyone's like, Hey, I need you to do a number right this second. That's the one I pull. So, mm -hmm. yeah. When you are creating a mix and a number, what <laughs> is your order of inspiration? Is it the song? Is it the theme? Is it the, the sound clip? How do you create a mix? So again, that depends. Like I said, I heard, um, I have that Devin Green mix. Um, and I heard that first, Welcome to My Home Part 2. Heard that first. And I was like, this is drag. Like, this is camp. Like, I have to, mm -hmm. I have to include this in somehow. And then that was around when uh, Dua Lipa was very popular. Uh, that song, Physical. And I was like, let's just throw it together. Um, so in that case, the soundbite came first. And then I also worked retail during the pandemic when everything was closed. And um, that song, uh, I Want to Love You Inside Out, played every single day, multiple times a day. And I was like, how funny would it be if I made a mix um, all about prolapsing? And, and so the song came first in that instance. And that's, that's uh, an Amanda signature right now is the, my prolapse mix. But. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> now, gigs are back. Drag roulettes are back. What is the one song you wish people would stop requesting? Um, uh, I think Divine Gravity is kind of tired. It's like Hell's like every Hell's Kitchen drag roulette ends in Divine Gravity, which I understand. It's you know it's a duet and it's a lot of fun. Um, but it after seeing it a million times, it does get a little exhausting. So I would say Divine Gravity. All right. Well, music is universal and it brings people together and helps give a little insight on a person. We're going to play Amanda's Ultimate Playlist. And in this game, we are going to create a playlist of nine songs that are the soundtrack of your life. So I'm going to give you a prompt and you have to tell me what song it would fit. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. A song that reminds you of home. Um, Landslide by Back. A song that reminds you of your first kiss. I Really Like You by Carly Rae Jepsen. A song that makes you smile. Um, let's see. Robbers by the 1975. A song you sing in the shower. Ooh. Um, Hello by LAX. A song that reminds you of your favorite vacation. Um, Never by Heart. A song that reminds you of heartbreak. Uh, Easy on Me by Adele. A song you sing at karaoke. Tequila. <laughs> A song that makes you feel powerful. Uh, Scars to Your Beautiful by Alessia Cara. And finally, the song that makes you who you are. Um, boss ass bitch. All right. Well, there, there's your playlist. Uh, I hope the listeners are going to create a playlist of those nine <laughs> songs and think of you when they listen. We'll see.
Y'all better tag me. You've had, yeah, you've had your fair share of brunch gigs, guest bots all over Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn. What makes you a great fit to transcend the boroughs? Um, I feel like that was kind of represented this past weekend. I feel like I bring a sense of like warmth and um, production that I think exceeds kind of the boxes that in New York City. Um, I feel like I'm kind of been in like the corporate brunch scene all year. So I feel like Mm -hmm. I've kind of been creating like these universal numbers that'll translate to any kind of person, tourists, um, you know, et cetera. And I think that's kind of what sets me aside and what set me aside this weekend. Well, you mentioned brunch. Fans can find you at the occasional brunch at La Pulperia or with Drag Diva Brunch at Hard Rock Cafe and City Winery. What makes a brunch gig different than a typical bar show? Typical bar show is typically done, like, typically, um, in a gay venue. So it's usually all, usually, mostly, cis, white, uh, gay men who think they do drag better than you. They've never touched a wig before in their life. Um, whereas brunch is all bachelorettes, wedding parties, baby showers. It could be tourists, any kind of person, lots of street women. And they're just there to have a good time and uh, smile and laugh and be a part of that experience with you. So I think, honestly, brunch brings me a lot more joy and feels, honestly, more inclusive a lot of the time than um, these bar gigs that seem very gate-kept by white cis gay men. For you, I think I know the answer, but what is the hardest part about getting ready for a brunch gig? Waking up. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. You love to sleep. I love to sleep. Michael always gets a snap, like me in the Uber with my uh, with my makeup, like very poorly done. And it's like, I woke up 15 minutes ago. I have rehearsal in 15 minutes. <laughs> like, yeah. But um, that was, that's probably the hardest part. Also, these uh, corporate brunches I do are, always themed which is changing in the future Ooh, sneak peek um but right now they're all currently themed every week so i would also say matching that theme every week in terms of costume mix etc but usually it's just waking up on time i'm gonna ask you a controversial question yeah how do you get a gig in new york city um we kind of chatted about it earlier but I would say doing those pageant competitions. It's really tricky these days with um I do feel like a lot of drag families kind of run a lot of New York and it's kind of hard to cut through the noise when it comes to that. Um especially when there's these baby queens who just end up being so and so's daughter and then have four weekly shows in, you know, their first two months of drag. Um so I would say it's it's a little tricky. I wouldn't um, just keep your head up and stay focused and be humble and be, uh, you know, showcase what you do. Bring a lot of energy and just be nice. And things will start showing up. Uh, go to other shows. Um, that's another thing about drag. It's very um, um, classist. And you got to spend the money to get the money back. You have to go to these shows. You have to tip queens you have to offer to buy queens drinks um or they're not going to pay attention to you at all 
Um, so I guess I would just say, you know, do those pageants. Uh, make sure you find crowds that really do appreciate you and, you know, find family and you'll be on your way. We're going to play the Cameo Game Show. If you're not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price. But each celebrity has a different cost. In this game, you have to guess who costs more. Are you ready? Yes. All right. We're going to start off with Scarlet Envy or Silky Nutmeg Ganache. I'd say Silky. That's correct. She is 125 and Scarlet is 100. Next is Derek Berry or Nebraska Thunderfuck. I kind of want to say Nebraska. No, it's Derek. Uh, 100 bucks for Derek, 50 for Nebraska. Just... Next we have Brooklyn Heights or Eureka O'Hara. Ooh. Uh, O'Hara. Am I wrong? Eureka? It's Eureka. She is at $200, the most expensive drag queen on Cameo. Yeah. And Brooklyn is only 100 I was just going to is... Eureka is like so over the top. She'd be, she'd be good at Cameo, so it makes sense. Yeah. Next, we have Roxy Andrews or Tamisha Aman. Uh, I'm going to say Tamisha. Tamisha is 60. Roxy is 75. Oh, close. Next, we have Honey Davenport or Dusty Ray Bottoms. Honey Davenport. No, it's actually Dusty at 40 and Honey is at 25. Oh, I'm bad at this. Next up, Jade Jolie or Landon Sider. Oh, I'm going to say Landon. It is Landon at 65. Jade is at 35. Next up, Darian Lake or Laganja Estranja. Laganja. Laganja is 50. Darian is 74. Okay. Okay, Darian. Next we have Art Simone or Karen from Finance. Art Simone. Art Simone is 60. Karen is 80. Gosh, this is so surprising. Next is Anita Wiglet or Ketamine. I'd say Ketamine. It is Ketamine. $89. Anita is $69. Next is Crystal Versace or Charity Case. Um, Crystal Versace. It's a trick. They're both $55. Okay. Next we have Vanadu or Jasmine Kennedy. Uh, Vanadu. It is Vanadu at 25. Jasmine Kennedy, 15. I don't know, friends. Maybe you should go get a Jasmine Kennedy now while the price is low. While the price is low. Now, how much can you get a Carson Kressley cameo for? Um, I'm going to say 99. No, a very fitting 69. Oh, uh, I have a bonus question for you. What? I'm saying, say it again. Like Carson's so sweet. Yeah. I I have a bonus question for you. You ready? Yeah. How much is an Amanda Pork cameo? Um, I haven't done one in like a year, so I'm not sure. Oh, I think it's wow, it is $19. Nice, yeah. 
Is nightlife competitive? And do you think that rivalries build up naturally through the circuit? I do think that nightlife is very competitive, but I think in today's world of post-pandemic slash still in a pandemic, people are more willing to kind of take a back seat and kind of cheer people on um, mm-hmm. than they were in, let's say, early 2020, 2019. And I think that's really important. Um, I know I kind of feel the same way. I get happy when um, a lot of my friends are getting rewarded, even if I'm not. It just means that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm next. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so it's important to cheer on your peers and don't take it too personally. Just keep your nose down and stay focused. And I do not think that rivalries form naturally. I do think that sometimes people get caught up in the cattiness and uh, they want it to be dramatic and they want some someone to be mad at. So sometimes I feel like it's a forced mm-hmm. rivalry in a lot of, a lot of cases, but you know, you never know. Some people well, are speaking of dramatic. drama is inevitable in nightlife. Mm-hmm. How do you stay away from it? And if you do sp- somehow find yourself in the thick of it, how do you put out the fires? I'm uh, lucky to knock on wood have not been canceled. <laughs> I don't think. Um, so I just try to stay away from uh, people who are known to kind of start drama or, you know, talk behind their backs, et cetera, et cetera. I'm lucky to have um, a great drag family like Nicole and Vanna who I can surround myself with and avoid that kind of negative scenario. Frida Kulo. Um, would consider her family at this point too. You just got to find people, you know, who you can count on and there won't be any drama. So there still seems to be a, sig- a stigma by many about the various types and style of drag from pageant to dancing, to live singing, to monster drag. There are so many varieties. How can we celebrate everyone's interpretation on the art form? And does all drag matter? Ooh, I think there's space for everyone, um, especially with, you know, these competition scenes where you just go and you do one number. Um, just express yourself however you want to express yourself. And if you don't get any, like, bookings or connections from that place, just find somewhere else. Create your own work. That's what I've done a lot. I've wanted to do, like, an improv show forever and, like, a drag improv show. No one was doing them, so I made it myself. Um, so I think it's just important to keep an open mind and realize that if the opportunities you want aren't there, then create them. So that's kind of how I feel. About Absolutely. That. Where do you see the state of drag in five years? Ooh, um, with the rise of uh, Dragula and, you know, competing drag race and all these news, like we're here, all these new like drag spinoff shows. It's really interesting to see how it's, you know, become more mainstream. I don't know if drag will ever be, like, mainstream because of how, like, political, politically charged it is and such. But um, it's interesting seeing it become more mainstream. And who knows? I mean, there's a lot of representation out there these days. Um, I do think it's very important to have all kinds of this representation that we're getting now 
cis women performing a drag and um, trans people who have, you know, created drag are finally being represented, even though it's their art form, you know what I mean? Which is um, really great to see, but unfortunately took this long. Um, but yeah, I really think in five years, um, kind of the origins and the roots of drag are gonna start um, becoming more exposed and hopefully celebrated more as opposed to the traditionally like uh, cis white drag that we see usually, so. it's fair. Love and drag, is it possible? What do you mean by that? Elaborate. Can you be in love with a partner while doing drag? I think so. I am. Well, my yeah. partner's not my partner's not a drag queen, but I uh, having a partner who does drag. Um, I am a very competitive person, so and a very jealous person. So I don't know if I can make that work. But in terms of being in drag and having a a relationship outside of that has been pretty easy. I know it's difficult with because um, I usually do, I do a lot of private events. I work mostly weekends. Um, so, you know, a lot of people have the struggle of not never seeing their partner when it comes to being working until 4am, their partner's up at 6am for work. Um, I don't have that issue most of the time. So, um, yeah, I think it just depends, but in my case, our schedules pan out very nicely. So I'm able to see him and yeah. You just make it work. Huh? You just make it work. Make it work. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to get yourself in trouble? <laughs> um, I've heard about this for the past 24 hours. So let's see. Let's see how much trouble I get into. We are going to play Tea Time, where you are going to spill some tea on some of your favorite sisters, friends, colleagues, competitors, people you share the stage with, the online show with, people you may hate. I don't know. We're going to find out. Are you ready to spill some tea? Let's do it. All right, I got a long list for you, so buckle in, friends. We, Amanda Pork's ready to go. And we're going to start off with someone you mentioned already, Miss Frida Kulo. Frida has skyrocketed in the past few months in her drag career. Uh, we both worked with her um, digitally. I know she was uh, much like me. We started, I think, around the same time, Baby Queen and the, you know, pre-pandemic. Uh, she's really come out of the pandemic really strong. We worked together at uh, Drag Diva Brunch, Hard Rock Cafe and City Winery. And she is so sweet. And we're always throwing gigs at each other. Like, hey, I can't make this. Can you make this? Hey, I can't make this. Can you make this? We just like bounce uh, gigs, past gigs back and forth to each other, which has been um, really nice to have. And uh, she's such a really great sister. I love her a lot. Next up, Chola Spears. Ah, Chola, my baby Chola. Chola, I think, was, like, one of the first drag queens I met in the city. Um, I met her when I was watching the Kiki season of UDP. Chola and Edie were there. And Chola was hitting on me a little bit. Um, and, like, we got pictures of her. I was so drunk that night. Um, and then, like, we went outside and, like, smoked a blunt. And, yeah, she's... She's so chill and she's so, so, so talented. Um, I think she's honestly like, what, she's one of the best drag queens in New York City. I think she uh, deserves a lot more than she gets a lot of time. So, Next up is someone you share a name with, Amanda Massacre. 
Uh, Amanda Massacre is one of my friends that I've mostly um, connected with, like through digital drag and Twitter and things like that, because we hadn't met um, before COVID. Um, and then we did some digital drag together and we chat, we text like almost every day. Um, I love her, I love her little puppy Wednesday. Um, we're just both very like, we have a very similar like stupid sense of humor. So we're like constantly uh, sending like Ratatouille memes to each other. It's really dumb, but um, I love Amanda as well. Next up, the tallest drag queen in the forest, Sequoia. Um, Sequoia is such a fierce and talented drag performer. Um, they, I met them when we did UDP together and they were in the top almost every week. Um, so I look up to them a lot in the respect of being so versatile and um, just like really understanding who they are and what they do. And I really respect that a lot. And they're taking Salt Lake City by storm. So I'm so proud of them. And they're here this week. So I'm going to see them on Friday. But I was going to see them last night. But um, my throat was like a thousand times worse than it is right now. But yeah. I Next up, another competitor friend of yours, Korma Kelly. Korma is the weirdest, kookiest person I think I have ever met in New York City. <laughs> she is like, <laughs> I I love her because she's kooky without like being like, I am kooky and I'm weird. You know what I mean? Like that's just so fake. And like you see her in drag and you see her out of drag. Same exact person. We hung out like a lot during um <laughs> we had um like game nights and stuff throughout the summer and I got very close with Corman. She is exactly what she puts on stage. So it's nice to see like that she's so genuine and really stupid. And uh, I really love her a lot. Next up from theater to drag, Shay They. Shay They. Shay They was the, my first friend when we moved to New York City. Um, we went to, we both are from Ohio. So when we found out we were doing the same internship together, um, they immediately were like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I saw you do drag. Let's um, go to a ton of drag shows. I love drag. And so coworkers turned friends, turned coworkers again. Um, and I'm so grateful for them. They teach me a lot. I'm, and um, they really represent a ton of different genres of drag. They do like clown drag. They do burlesque they do comedy drag they like they can do it all so um yeah shay is a uh drag of all trades next up adriana trenta adriana trenta is a former missed america um she really we were we've worked together a few times before covid and we never really got the chance to kind of like get to know each other that well. And then this year I did her gig at Rebar. I'll be back next month. And she's been such a help when it's come to 
staying focused. And like I said, you know, she kept giving me advice of keeping my head down and knowing what I came to do and things like that. So she has a lot of words of wisdom um, and all of them came very useful to me in the past few weeks. And I'm very grateful for her. And I can't wait for you to see more of us uh, in the next few months. So next up is someone who I believe at this moment, it's still Miss Rockbar, Victoria Williams. Victoria is a hoot. She is an insanely talented dancer and she's, you know, killing rock bar. I know she's had a hard time this year with uh, COVID and some, just some personal issues, but she's, you know, still putting out music videos and working really hard to stick with the Williams brand. So I'm really proud of her. Next is the brunch queen herself, Misty Mountains. Uh, see, Misty's another one, because I was more, I did La Popora Upper East Side, Misty Mountains always in Hell's Kitchen, so we never, our paths never really crossed that much, um, and I was working a lot of jobs, so I, you know, didn't really get to go out and meet everyone as much as possible, but I knew, I've seen Misty Mountains perform at Stonewall a couple times, and then when I heard she was doing all the days at uh, La Popora for brunch, I was like, I want my old job back, girl. Please put me on the list. And she was like, oh, absolutely. No worries at all. Of course, you're on the list. Um, and we've gotten closer. And, you know, I like sub for her. And, you know, if I ever need, you know, like if I ever need to recommend someone for a gig, like she's someone I can turn to. And she's just always like uh, in my corner. She's, she's one of those people who... Um, is really good at like cheering people on like i was mentioning earlier she's really good at like um really supporting everyone and you know she has lots of bookings herself so she's great company and uh, i really enjoy working with her a lot i love her next we have aria derchi aria derchi i haven't seen her in a long time i went and saw her simpsons show um but she was kind of my co-producer for yasand at the pit um we worked together a couple times like the weston lounge rock bar icon um and i just love her drag she is has this like weird alternative yet mainstream kind of blend about her that's just really um like appealing to me and i love her taste of music um and when she when i was originally throwing out ideas to you and kind of brainstorming out loud uh the show I was working on she heard about it and she was like hey I heard you're doing this I'm involved okay and I was like (laughs) I'm good uh so you know she has you know lots of theater training and you know I loved working with her on that show and who knows maybe maybe there'll be um a Yasan reboot in the future just gotta get somewhere to pick it up so we'll see Sounds fun. All right, let's see what team you have on someone who's quite iconic, Audrey Phoenix. Audrey Phoenix. Um, Audrey is another one I feel like who's really, really, really like stepped up her game since she's competed um, and been in the competition circuit. She did UDP and all that stuff as well. Um, but she really like was working really hard in the 
digital drag era and is working really hard now. And I love seeing everything she does and she is gorgeous. Um, and yeah, go follow her. Next up is someone who's taken the hair game by storm. Acacia forgot. Acacia forgot is the hairstylist in New York city right now. I'm not even like just saying that, like, cause she's my friend, but uh, her name's everywhere. Everyone's wearing her. Everyone's always asking where my wigs are from. And um, I always tell them it's forgot's locks. So she's, we got close. We both worked um, Sequoia's birthday party right before the pandemic. And we had tons of fun. And then after that, I, she moved right next to me. And so we were together like all the time. Um, even when we probably weren't supposed to be. <laughs> um, and we just got really close then. You know, I'm so glad that she's been always willing to be a part of my team and help me out when I need it and vice versa. I'm always, I'm always going to be there for her. And she's moving to LA in a couple months. So I'm going to miss her a lot, but I'm going to go see her. Next up is the sister who's not adopted scouts on her. Scouty. Scouty is like a meme come to life. Um, my best way of describing her. Um, she is another one who's very supportive of me. We like, um, we text all the time. We play the same video games and I just love her a lot. She's really stupid. Um, and she always sends me feet pics, which I appreciate. Oh, hey, interesting. Um, Moving right along, it's Vanna Do. Um, so Vanna um, saw me perform a couple times in drag before COVID. And both times she was like, you're really good at drag and I hate you. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'll try to be worse. Um, but and then during the pandemic, um we kind of started like being on twitter uh and like chatting on twitter together and realized we were kind of like had the same interests same kind of sense of humor and then we exchanged numbers talked all the time did her digital shows uh and then after a couple uh a couple months she was like i have something that i need to say and i was like what and she was like i think you're a do and i was like yeah i've been thinking that for a while, but I was going to wait till you said it. Um, so yeah, we're, we're both like really gorgeous and really talented and really funny. And the apple doesn't fall far from the slut tree. All right. Last but not least, the colonoscopy. Mommy. Uh, so many mommies. Um, Nicole was like the first person who like took a chance on me. Um, and I'll always be grateful for that. She saw me perform at Miss Rock Bar and she was like, you have a really great energy for brunch and I would love to have you. They will eat you up and just, just come, just come and see how you do it. I was like, okay, cool. Um, and then that, 
you know, has turned into a long-lasting relationship with La Pobria and with Nicole. Um, so I was a baby queen and I didn't know a lot. And on my weekends with her, she would, you know, I also love her because she's like not afraid to be like, that's ugly. That's ugly. Don't do that with your makeup. Don't do that. Your hairline looks like crap, um, which you need that kind of friend in your life. You really do mm -hmm. um, because it comes from a good place. Um, and, um, you know, she's, you know, I feel like she was always really honest with me and that's, you know, why we're so close now. And, you know, when I got started getting better at drag, then I could be like, actually, I don't think that looks good on you. And then, <laughs> then it's like tables of turn. Um, but yeah, she's, she's great to have in my life. Um, and I miss her a lot and I can't wait to see her soon. Fingers crossed. Um, and who knows, maybe I'll pass on the, the Miss America crown to her next year. We'll see. We'll see. But I have one more wild card for you. Do you want to do a wild card? I like a wild card. All right. Don't make me edit anything out. Let's hear the tea on Michael Block. Uh, Michael Block. Michael Block is a slut, a filthy um, pig bottom. Yeah, not true at all. Um, uh, no, Michael, you've always been... I met you around the same time I met Nicole, someone who also took a chance on me and, you know, saw something in me that I guess I didn't see yet um, and kind of pushed me to be the best I can be. And with your guidance, along with Nicole and Vanna and um, myself, um we made this happen so that's true what do you do when you're off time i play a lot of pokemon the new pokemon generation 4 remakes are coming out in like a week so that's what i'm gonna be doing so if you can't get a hold of me that's why um and then i like to watch a lot of tv movies with my boyfriend um and i like little like one day adventures just like little trips upstate or, you know, that's what I like to do. You've fallen down a rabbit hole on YouTube. What are you watching videos of? Um, probably Vine compilations. Okay. Or like um, Vine compilations or like probably like, I have makeup tutorials on a lot in the background. So maybe those. I don't really watch them, but they're kind of just always like on. If you had to pick one New York City drag artist to be your partner on The Amazing Race, who would it be? What's The Amazing... Okay, so wait. I've never seen The Amazing Race. What is it about? It's the one where you travel the world in pairs and you have to do all these challenges and stuff. Travel the world in pairs and do challenges. Um, I would want someone who could speak another language. So I'm going to say Frida Kulo. Okay, that's a good pairing. We're going to do the pop five rapid fire. I'm going to give you five pop culture headline stories, things, and you're going to tell me the first word, phrase, story, whatever you want to talk about for each. You ready? You're going to give me one word. And I have to do a story. I'll give you, or you have to just tell me what you, want to talk, what, is, what you want to talk about for each. Okay. All right, number one, Broadway is back. Oh, uh, um, I've seen a couple Broadway shows they've been back i saw wicked and i yeah. saw 
Um, oh, it was just right. It was right there. Uh, Passover. Nice. Number two is Dune. Dune. When I think of Dune, I think of Pen Fifteen, um, season one, when Maishi Peters is like looking at her textbook of sand dunes and she's uh, jerking off. And she's okay. like, dunes are, dunes are hot. I mean, Timothy Chalamet is very hot in that movie. But I don't know <laughs> if you've seen it yet. True. I'm so into dunes right now. Yeah, right. Number three is Alec Baldwin's onset accident. Um, as a member of the theater community, it's it's very sad that that happened uh, and that that could even happen. It's really unfortunate knowing like a lot of uh, like in theater and film, I think is so progressive and um, you know want to see change politically that that kind of thing is very shocking that that could mm-hmm. even happen you know what i mean you'd think there would be more responsible uh crew members to ensure that nothing could happen like that um but accidents do happen i understand but hopefully this puts um that kind of thing on the radar and hopefully there's real change and real uh uh lawmaking changes in Hollywood that prevent that from ever happening. Yeah, it was definitely a tragedy. All right, number four, Squid Game. Um, Green Light. I haven't seen it yet. Um, everyone's a, it's like a fake reality show, right? Not really, but I heard because someone was like, "Oh, it's like a reality show," and then they were like, "Oh, well, when they all get killed." I was like, "Okay, wait, that's when you threw me off." I was like. So it's not a re- there. I was like, wait, is it? Re- I'm confused. Um, so I haven't seen it. A, bun- a bunch of people are brought together to play games, and you win, you live. Yeah, I did not think I would win. No, I don't think I have the attention span for that. If I was on Adderall, maybe I'd do well. But all right, and number five is the upcoming Queen of the Universe. Um. Well, unfortunately, I have heard that there is a very problematic entertainer on there from New York City. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, it's unfortunate that could uh, slip under the cracks with casting, but you know, that's what happens when your community isn't a part of that process. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. But I'm looking forward to seeing how that all comes out. I got some fan corner questions for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is a question from Coco Taylor. Aw. If you could pick your Missed America successor, who would it be and why? Uh, uh, Coco told me she's thinking about doing it next year. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, if I could pick, I would have to say probably Nicole because she was so close last time. Um, and I know she delivers a beautiful package. I've seen it. Um, it was an accident, but I saw it. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think she. I know she really wants that crown, and she was just a few points away from getting it last time. So I'm sure she could get it. This is a double question from Amanda Massacre. One, 
why are you such a stinky? And two, what's your favorite Disney movie and why is it Ratatouille? One, I am a stinky because I my deodorant is packed in my suitcase that I haven't gotten uh, open in like four days. And number two, it's Ratatouille because the rat is so hot. Interesting. So you're into bestiality. <laughs> That's why I'm so stinky as well. All right, I got another uh, double question for you. Um, how much did you spend, but more importantly, how much did you steal? And who's your favorite Scout-themed drag queen? How much did I spend on Miss America? Mm-hmm. And how much did you steal? Including my, including everything, travel, um, hotel costs. I think I spent maybe like a little over a thousand, I think. Um, Not bad. I, I used um, all fabrics I already had and um, I tried to work smarter. Um, so yeah. And then my favorite scout themed drag queen was probably, hmm, I don't know. Is there one? Nothing comes to mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, this that was a question from Scout's Honor. So maybe Scout's Honor knows one. Oh, maybe. I'll, I'll ask her. And finally, this is anonymous um, submitter. Who was the real winner of Little Miss Sugar Daddy? It was me. All right. That was my first pageant. And you, you were the winner? I was the winner. Okay. We'll see if everyone agrees with you. There's pictures. Well, I have the crown. <laughs> it's true. Well, I have a question from, I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question. And this is a question from Peaches. Are you ready? Yes. Fuck, marry, kill Stephanie's child. No. Uh, um, okay. Mary Guna. Mm-hmm. We know this where this going. Just say it. I think fuck Jan Kill Rose. All right. That's not where I thought you were going with it, but cool. I, that, that's your answer. Now is your turn to ask my next guest a question. And you don't get to know who it is, but you can ask any question you want. And it can be about anything that you want. Wait, repeat that one more time. You can ask my next guest a question about anything. Oh, well, who's your next? Wait, sorry. Who's your next? You don't guest? get to know. Oh, um, if you had to have a real house or tagline, what would it be? All right, that's a good one. Well, I'm always no, here no, trying my, to expand. That was my Q&A for the fashion. Yeah, well, that's a good one. We always like to try to expand the community here on Block Talk. Who do you want to hear an episode with? Cleofatra. Yeah. I seen her perform in New York at the Lori Beachman Theater. Yeah, you should have her. She'd be a good one. Or Miss Elaine. Or, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, have you had Countess Mascara? I have not. One of those. One of those three. All right. Well, where can we find you on social media and Venmo? You can find me on all social media at Amanda Pork. That is A-M-A-N-D-A-P-O-R-Q. I spell it with a Q because not only am I original, but I'm also kosher and you can find me on venmo cash app and paypal at tip a man that is t-i-p-a-m-a-n 
Well, Amanda, it was such a pleasure having you on and chatting about your new life as a title holder. It feels good. It feels it feels great. A huge thanks to Amanda for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.